Welcome back, everyone. I'm Michael Murphy, and this is episode six of The InDesigner. This podcast was created to provide information, instruction, and insight for InDesign users. And with a few episodes already out there, I've been very pleased with the feedback I've received through the website and listener emails. I'm in New York, and I've heard from designers from as far away as Denmark and Australia, which I think is pretty cool. It's great to know that people out there are getting something out of these podcasts. It motivates me to keep writing and recording episodes to help more designers to get the most out of InDesign. After a short holiday break, I'm back with this new episode, just as we begin a new year. The end of one year and the beginning of another is a time of reflection for a lot of people. Thinking about the year that was, wondering about what the year ahead will bring, making resolutions and setting goals. Even though it's technically nothing more than a date on the calendar, it's a time of change in many ways, giving us a chance to make a fresh start. As a designer, I feel like InDesign has given me that fresh start, a chance to learn new things, fix past mistakes, break habits, solve problems, and explore options in a way that the old regime software made difficult to the point of frustration. So in this podcast, I'd like to talk a little bit about those things, change, exploring options, and breaking habits. I'm not sure at what stage of the big switch to InDesign all of you are, but I can assume that most of you will fall into one of the following four categories. One, you're considering switching to InDesign. Two, you've used InDesign but haven't made a complete switch from Quark Express. Three, you've made the switch and are still trying to get to know InDesign as well as you knew Express. Or four, you've made the switch, mastered the program, and are just listening to the podcast to point out my mistakes. Hopefully, more of you are in the first three categories than in the fourth. I'm going to try to cover enough in this episode to be worthwhile to all levels of InDesign users, because it's less about specific techniques in this episode than it is about general working habits and changes in approach that will help you gain more confidence, flexibility, and expertise in the application. As far as making the switch to InDesign, if you're apprehensive about the period of adjustment, the unfamiliar keyboard shortcuts, text flow options, and some of the other differences between how Express and InDesign work, just make a New Year's resolution to cut yourself loose and commit to working only in InDesign whenever possible. Just like learning a language, immersion is the best method. Just get in there and stay in there. If you're anything like me, you'll find that the period of adjustment you were so concerned about is a lot shorter and a lot less frustrating than you thought. Keep this in mind. Quark Express and InDesign are both page layout applications. If you know Express, you're already well on your way. All you need to learn are the differences and the few new features. Uh, you don't need to learn how a page layout program works because you've never used one before. You're already way ahead of that, and that's a good head start. So don't sweat the rest of it. It'll come sooner than you think. I know that for some designers, it's not up to them to make purchasing or workflow change workflow change decisions at their job. So my just do it approach won't be as easy for everyone. If you can't make the decision to change over on your own, start making a business case for it and pitch it to the right people. Request that they purchase one copy for you and offer to become their in-house go-to guy or girl for questions about the application. 
there's plenty of information out there to keep the training costs down for you and your company. You've got this podcast and at least one other to refer to. There are a lot of tutorials and other resources on the Internet. Adobe's website is full of helpful information and active forums. And a subscription to InDesign Magazine may be the best 60 bucks a year your company or you could spend. You'll find links to all of these resources at www.theindesigner.com. For a time, you may get a lot of requests from your coworkers about how to do certain things in InDesign, and you may get saddled with the job of converting legacy files from Express to InDesign. But all that will pass as the transition takes hold. In the meantime, you're getting better and better at working in the application, and you're becoming the resident expert. Not a bad position to be in. Eventually, your department or studio or creative team will see the payoff of the switch you championed, and that's a pretty nice hand to be able to play at your next job review. Let me use my situation as an example. I'm the art director for a monthly magazine, and as such, I'm tied to a pretty rigid schedule. Once an issue goes out to the printer, we're already working on the next one, or we're looking at and approving proofs, taking a day or two to get some other projects done, and then starting the cycle all over again for the next month. With a small staff, that doesn't leave a lot of time to rebuild templates in a new application, reestablish all of our typographic conventions, and get everybody involved in the new workflow up to speed. But we did it. We did it at a time when I had no staff to help me, just as we were producing a nearly 500-page issue. The keys to our successful switch were, one, making the decision and committing to it, two, changing incrementally, and three, establishing criteria for a practical transition. I made the decision to switch after playing with a demo copy of InDesign and figuring out how to recreate some fairly complex layouts I'd done for the magazine in the past. As a way of testing out nested style sheets and tables, I recreated a 10-page comparison chart of 100 different companies and their services that we ran each year in the magazine. It was such a chore to set up in Quark Express that we ran the chart the exact same way for nearly five years in a row, changing only the company data because changing the design was far more work than we had time for in our schedule. All we changed was the background graphics, and maybe a few colors. For five years, we never explored how we could present it better, because Quark made it so difficult to do so. As a designer, five years of doing the same thing the same way is embarrassing and frustrating. You can always do something differently, and probably better, if you chip away at it to get to the best solution. And the best solution is only the best solution at that time. As you learn and grow as a designer, there's always a better best solution you can come up with. So I put in designs tables and style sheets to the test to see, A, how quickly I could exactly recreate what I'd been reusing in Express for five years, and B, how easily I could experiment with and change that old version. The results were far better than I expected. I was able to breathe new life into an old design and do it quickly in a way I never could have with Quark Express. I was it was immediately obvious to me that InDesign was the superior solution for us. Armed with the results of my chart test, the integration of PDF output, and a number of other reasons for switching, I made a business case to my publisher as to why InDesign was the smart move for us. Committing to it involved ordering the software and getting it onto everyone's computers immediately before anyone had a chance to change their minds, get too busy to move forward, or any other excuse. Getting everyone on board was the obstacle, and it had been overcome, but the real key was a strategic transitional plan. 
Had I just decreed, that's it everyone, no more Quark Express, everything gets done in InDesign from this moment forward, the switch would have backfired horribly, and people would have mistaken their frustration with a badly implemented transition as frustration with the application itself. So I established a few guidelines. First, feature stories, which required the least amount of template setup, but with which I have the most design flexibility, would all be done in InDesign. Their simple template could be set up quickly, and the new features of InDesign would give me the tools I needed to execute these features better and in less time. Second, our guest columnist pages, which were all variations on one template, would be quickly recreated in InDesign from a master template, then customized as needed. Third, the pages that were the most difficult to work with in Quark Express, and there were plenty, believe me, because of their complexity, extensive formatting, etc., these would be recreated in InDesign and made simpler by the availability of the new application's advanced features. So it was worth taking the time and doing these sooner rather than later. And fourth, pages that were just faster and easier to keep doing in Express for, for the time being stayed in Express until phase two of the switch, when we had more time, allowed us to rebuild templates for them in InDesign. I had to keep in mind the working habits of our editors, who work directly in the page layouts, and the time required to recreate pages versus the time in our schedule. Balancing all of that while making calculated moves forward into InDesign was the key to success for us. Since our magazine is delivered to the printer as press-ready PDFs, it didn't matter to them that it took us several issues to complete the switch. Express pages existed side-by-side -side in the magazine with InDesign pages, and nobody could tell the difference, except me because I knew that the PDFs I made with InDesign were generated right from within the application, and the ones made from Quark Express had to be passed through a third-party plug-in and separate application to produce the same result. I knew that I was able to apply precisely and uniformly formatted styles to the text with a single click in my InDesign pages, as opposed to manually doing so to each item one by one in Quark Express. I knew the switch was paying off, when my editors heard less complaining from me about how much work would be involved in making changes, they knew it also. And as my publisher has seen better-looking issues of the magazine produced in the same amount of time, or less, he knows it's paying off, too. I know this little slice-of-life story is specific to me, but I'd imagine that many of you could see yourself or your work situation in parts of it. And I use it to illustrate a few points about making the switch to InDesign and how to do it effectively. Transitions require time, but people by nature are reluctant to change. So even slow transitions require someone to push them along, and a game plan that works to make everyone comfortable with the change. So here are a couple of guidelines from my experience that should work for most people who are switching over. One, if the project is brand new, do it in InDesign. A new project is a chance to start fresh, so carry that over to which application you choose for the project. You're going to get there eventually, so start now. Two, if the project is a revision or update of something that's been done before in Express, take a few minutes to evaluate whether or not to recreate it in InDesign. Let's say it's a quarterly or even annual project. You've done it before, and you know you'll be doing it again. In that case, I'd say take the time to rebuild it in InDesign. Even if you can't bill your client for the conversion this time, think of the big picture. If you're going to be coming back to this job more than once, you will get that time back down the line if you spend some time now recreating it in InDesign. 
by that same logic, if this is a ridiculously complex job you're updating and the only changes your client has are the dates on the copyright line or a few prices in a 20-page product brochure, then keep it in Express by all means until a more extensive update warrants a change down the line. It's a matter of evaluating the project itself and deciding the best course of action. My rule of thumb is, if you're going to have to deal with it more than once, take the time to do it in InDesign. You'll be grateful you did later on. And while I'm on the subject of dealing with legacy jobs you've done in Express and recreating them in, in InDesign, here are some tips from my experience about how to do it. First, beware of opening Quark Express files with InDesign. When I first started using InDesign, it was great that it could open Express files to be saved as InDesign files, except that it only opened Express files from version 4, and I was in version 5. Now, that was no big deal. I did a save as in Express and saved it down to version 4. But then I moved on to version 6 of Express, which only saves down to version 5, and InDesign couldn't open those files. So to take advantage of this so-called easy option, I'd have to have two versions of Express installed, 6 and 5, and do the save as thing in each version to get it down to the compatible format. So now I've got two versions of the same application on my machine, have to launch one version, save as, quit that version, launch the older version, do another save as, then open it and convert the file in InDesign. I'm already annoyed just describing it by all these steps, and I haven't even gotten into the document yet. After all that, there's the inevitable realization that this converted file isn't necessarily an exact match to the original. Some things have changed, and there's a lot of, for lack of a better word, crap that's come into this file from Express that you have to deal with. When you finally do all that and clean up the document and check it against the original to see that they match, how much time has converting the original document really saved you? If, for some reason, you absolutely must use the built-in conversion method, I highly recommend that you export the new InDesign version as an InDesign interchange format document, or INX file. Then open the INX file in InDesign and use that document instead of the original one that started out as an Express file. The INX file will effectively strip out any corruption and maybe some other legacy problems that came in with the original Express file. My preferred method for converting legacy Quark Express files to InDesign is to build a list of the vital statistics of the original first. Its page size, margins, columns, gutters, assorted other measurements, fonts, paragraphs and character styles, colors, etc. Then to build an InDesign document with all of those attributes. The next thing I do is to make a PDF of each page from the Quark file to use as a template in the InDesign file. I create a layer in my InDesign document called Templates, and on it I place the PDF of the old layout. Using InDesign's transparency setting, I ghost the template back to at least 50%. Then I lock the layer so I don't accidentally select, delete, or move the placed PDF file. Now, my InDesign file is essentially a tracing pad with which I start to quickly rebuild the old layout right over a 100% accurate and to scale image of the original. No switching back and forth between the Quark document and the InDesign document to double-check, or no referring to a hard-copy printout. I have my reference right there on every page of my InDesign file. Within InDesign's object styles and nested style sheets, recreating an old layout should be a pretty quick exercise. After all, you're not making design decisions, you're just following your own template. It's kind of a paint-by-numbers version of work you've done before. Now, 
This theme of change for the new year wouldn't be complete without making some New Year's resolutions. I've kind of covered the biggest one, making the switch itself, and how to do it without causing enormous upheaval for your company. And I've covered how to make a clean break from your old Express files by doing smart, fast rebuilds in InDesign rather than converting the files themselves. So here are two things I recommend you resolve to do in your new page layout application for the new year. Number one, break bad habits. Because Quark Express was so limited and inflexible, we've all developed a lot of bad habits over the years. They could be necessary ones, like manually formatting text because there were no options for doing it automatically, or ones that we've developed over time because of frustration with the application, such as choosing not to try out or execute a design you wanted to do because you knew it would be too much work in Quark Express. I'm as guilty of these... Uh, habits as anyone. Believe me, I remember more than once opting not to even try a design idea because I knew Express would make it extremely difficult, and I didn't have the time to wrestle with the program's limitations. That's not good. As designers, we shouldn't let our software dictate our choices. I got into this business before InDesign, Express, or PageMaker even existed, and back then we didn't let our T-squares and mechanical boards force us into design compromises. Software should expand our options, not limit them. Number two, build in flexibility from the beginning. This is something that InDesign can, can't do for you, but if you do it, InDesign will make you grateful you did down the line. As designers, I know we always want to try something new and different, and we bristle at the idea of templates or you know, rigid formatting. But we also know that, in any given project, there is a need for consistency. Using a finite number of typefaces, at specific sizes, for example, establishes a hierarchy of information that the reader depends on to easily navigate through the content of our pages. Even the most out-there designs have some amount of this consistency within them. So why paint yourself into a corner by manually formatting all of your text or copying and pasting attributes from one text frame to another when you can build paragraph styles, char character styles, and nested styles in InDesign? And when your creative director or your client says to change the body copy from Garamond to Baskerville in the whole project, wouldn't you rather make one change in one style sheet than to go in and apply it manually to every piece of body copy in a 24-page brochure? Let's talk a little bit more about this flexibility. It exists in style sheets, sure, but style sheets have been around since Quark Express, and I'm guilty of not taking advantage of them in that application. But the ability to combine character styles and paragraph styles based on specific criteria and the structure of your content by using nested styles has made this functionality thousands of times more powerful. It's everything that it should have been, and finally is. Add to that the ability to base one style on another, and you have unparalleled flexibility to either make the changes other people give to you or to make the adjustments you decide improve the design. For instance, if you have a style called body copy, then create a style called bold body copy and use the based on option in the paragraph styles dialog to define it based on the original body copy style. You can change the font size, letting, color, etc. of the body copy style and have all of those attributes trickle down to the bold body copy style as well. Instantly. You don't have to do anything. Here's a better example from that 10-page comparison chart I mentioned earlier. In it, many cells in the table contain just a dot indicating that a company provided the service that the column of the chart represented. 
but the services were also grouped within categories, and those categories were differentiated by color. So the dots for one category would be red, and the dots for another category would be blue, or green, or orange, and so on. I created one style called Black Dots. It was Zaf Dingbats at a certain point size, and I created all of my other dot styles, red, blue, green, orange, based on using the Based On option and basing them on the Black Dot style changing only the color attribute for each. When I had my whole layout done and wanted to see what the dots would look like, bigger or smaller, in the chart, I just changed the size of the black dot style and all of the dots based on it, red, green, blue, orange, all of them, also changed size, just with one change to one style. And if I didn't like it, changing it back was just as easy. The Based On options exist in a couple of other very useful places in InDesign. Master Pages can be based on other Master Pages, and Object Styles can be based on other Object Styles. If you establish styles early on in your design process, even before they're exactly the way you want, you can quickly experiment with changes in color, type, master page elements, etc. by making fast, simple changes in a style definition that will instantly propagate through your whole file. I find that although it sounds like you're piling on rigid formatting up front, you're actually creating flexibility later on. And this flexibility encourages exploration. As designers, we're always thinking, what if I change this, or move this, or made this bigger, and so on. Thanks to the undo command, we could always go back if we didn't like it. But in Quark Express, there were no multiple undos, so we could only try one thing at a time. And there was no nested style sheet or object styles or based on options to allow for fast experimentation. So with either a boss over our shoulder or a deadline looming, we chose not to experiment, to accept what we could do realistically and move on. Speaking for myself, I always found that disappointing. I understood the reasons why it had to be done, but I always knew there should be a better way. And those bad habits get worse. I know that there were things I could have done in Express that I didn't, and would have helped me out a bit, but they only helped out so much, and implementing them didn't seem worth the effort for the limited benefit. But InDesign's payoff is so much greater that I'm doing all of the things I never did before, clean, consistent templates, customized, flexible style sheets, and all-purpose master pages. It was a resolution I made to myself when switching, that if I was going to do it, I was going to do it right. Changing applications meant changing ways of thinking, breaking bad habits, pushing the limits of the program to accomplish my goals, and give me the time and flexibility I needed to explore better design solutions, experiment with subtle differences, or add some little detail that I wouldn't have had time to do before. And unlike exercising more or spending more time with family, those are resolutions I've actually been able to keep, and I encourage all of you to think about the big picture when making the switch to InDesign. What do you wish you could have done in Express but couldn't? How can you make sure you get to do it now? Isn't it better to take two extra hours now to build in the flexibility that will save you many more hours, if not days, down the line? It's a new year. It's a new era in design software. It's your chance to make a fresh start. Take advantage of it. Do it right the first time. You'll thank yourself all year and beyond. 
That's all for this week. I wish everyone a happy, productive, successful, and inspirational new year. I'll be back next week with a new episode. In the meantime, please keep your comments and emails coming from wherever you are around the world, either on the website at www.theindesigner.com or directly to me at info at theindesigner.com. I'm Michael Murphy for the InDesigner Podcast. Thanks for listening. 